Before we get into this episode of Artist Alley Spotlight, uh, featuring Carissa Grant, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. First off, uh, my apologies to Carissa. We had recorded this uh, back uh, a few weeks ago, and I was originally going to drop it uh, on October 3rd, uh, but then after my vacation, I decided to get COVID and didn't want to do anything. I'm feeling much better now. Hence why this is now edited and you are now able to listen to it. Also, one other uh, slight correction. Uh, We didn't give the proper website during the episode. Uh, So I wanted to make sure to... uh, to have you all go to theworthychaos.com. Um, you can still find, um, you know, you can still find Worthy Chaos Redemption in any of the uh, social media links that we talked about in this episode, as well as on the Kickstarter. Uh, but I also wanted to just make sure that we uh, corrected that. So uh, the website is theworthychaos.com. That said, enjoy this episode of the Artist Alley Spotlight. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. Hey everybody, Mitch here with another episode of The Geek Awakens Presents Artist Alley Spotlight. Tonight I am joined by... Carissa Grant, who is the writer of uh, Worthy Chaos Comics Redemption. We've got issue seven coming out on Kickstarter here pretty soon. We'll get to that in a second. Carissa, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. Great. Thanks so, for having me on. Absolutely. Anytime. So what is Redemption all about? Oh, it's such a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about um, the shortest version is it's Romeo and Juliet and Hell. Um, but, uh, to give a little more detail, um, it's angel descendant, Serafina, who's a supernatural hunter and her soulmate Draven, who's a demon descendant, who's an assassin are trying to survive in a town that's merging with hell as their demon father and demon angel are after them because she was created from an angelic weapon and they need it back for the war. Unfortunately, her death is the only thing that they know of that activates it at the moment. So they're both trying to get this weapon and whoever obtains it can tip the scales of heaven and hell war in their favor. Um, her father is after it for another reason, but he's using the war as an excuse. Nice. That you, you're right. That is a loaded question. <laughs> um, and, and talk about opposites attract with these two <laughs> faded lovers. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, yeah. The, the, uh, the history of it is, is that uh, Serafina was created from this weapon and Draven was created to get the weapon from her, um, and instead he fell in love with her. Um, and they've gone through different lives together, but they never remember it. And uh, all they are, they're, they're, they feel this connection each time they're attracted to each other and they have this bond, but they never know about their past lives. However, their fathers have been haunting them in each life. And then the last life, something different happened. Um, and so it changed things in this life. So they're trying to... Um, uh, totally manipulate the strings and and use the pun then even other fathers are after them they don't even know that they exist um which is kind of cool because we know so like we're kind of seeing like this day you know the demon and angel going 
and playing with these characters like they're pawns when you, they have no idea. So I just think they have really bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that idea of them going through lives like that. That is, that's such a cool, cool concept. Yeah. We're actually working on a prequel. We're like 10 issues in um, where we're going to start with uh, the feud between the, the demon father and the angel uh, father and how the whole feud started, how she was created and, and how Draven was created and, and go through like some of their lives. So we get to see them in like different errors and different, you know, we get to come up with unique deaths for each one. <laughs> Just like torture our poor characters. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they have this uh, guardian angel, uh, Camille, um, who all of our angels and demons, um, except for a couple of monsters that we like the clotters, we, we created those. But um, they're all based on like scripture and mythology. So like Camiel is um, the angel of true love and he was the one that was supposed to protect them, um, but he was tricked and we call him the worst guardian angel in the world. Uh, so now he thinks he's trying to right the wrong he did when actually he's just making it worse. So he's not the brightest star in the sky. Um, but he's kind of, you can see the, the gears, you know, you know, like in, uh, four, he's kind of like, isn't it weird that I follow kind of the scripture? Like they just named anything, whatever they wanted to. And, and so we made sure that our angels are accurate to the scripture. Whereas like they made Remnall in, um, supernatural like a prince of hell or something he was like god's right hand or something so yeah it's close but yeah so we did a lot of research <laughs> so you mentioned supernatural um the kickstarter kind of says that this is a you know for fans of things like supernatural buffy uh good omens uh what sets this apart from those you know kind of like well, supernatural properties. <laughs> um, so one of the supernatural is, um, so there's that. As for good omens, um, they actually do hate each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't like each other. Now, the, the demon, uh, uh, Asthma, uh, he, he enjoys torturing the angel, you know, like he'll banter with him. and and But the angel truly does hate him. There's no friendship there. But um, they definitely have that bantering going on, which I absolutely love writing. And and I actually didn't see Omens before I wrote this. Everyone kept saying, oh, you should see Omens. And I was like, so that's why I suddenly put, now it's like Omens, because I had no idea. <laughs> um, but I, I will plan to watch it. I've seen some of them. You are the writer for Redemption. Tell us a little bit about the rest of the, uh, the, rest of your creative team. So I'm, I'm the writer and creator. And there's only one thing I don't write, and I do not write for Draven. So while I'm writing the story and I write everything for the characters, um, I leave Draven to my co-writer. So it started as role players. And so everything I write for Serafina, her, you know, her vocals, her thoughts, her actions, whatever. Um, so I'll write out a chapter and I'll send it to my co-writer and my co-writer will write Draven's point of view of what I wrote. So whatever I wrote for that chapter, now I have Draven's side, what he was thinking, what he did, what he said. And he will answer the questions that I had asked, my character had asked during the thing. So you have that uniqueness to it. Um, we also have um, my artist, who is Jonas DaCosta, who is absolutely phenomenal. But but forget that, because I don't want anyone to hire him, because he's mine. Um, <laughs> he, he, he's absolutely phenomenal. He's the one that comes with, out with the panel work. Like, I just tell him what needs to be there, and he turns it into this masterpiece on a page. I gave up long ago. I said long ago. I've been doing this for, what, a year? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, long ago, uh, I gave up trying to tell him what panels are which because he just does his mastery. And I, I was like, you do your thing and, and keep me out of it. Um, and um, 
<laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, the entire series is already written and it's 50 issues long for series one. So it's already written. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we're so fast because we already know the story. Um, issue eight is already drawn out already. Um, so that comes out uh, January 8th. So we're already, we're already working on that. Uh, and we're also working on a hardcover for issues one through seven, which is 232 pages. Um, so there's that. Uh, but yeah, so that's the creative team. Um, also, uh, Lori Catella, which is um, the writer and creator of Path of the Pale Rider, uh, which is Zombies and Cowboys, which is probably still live now. So, you know, go look at that. Um, she's our script consultant and she comes up with the, you know, uh, double checks all my lovely dyslexia uh, errors that pop up creatively onto the page. Um, so she's awesome like that. And my brother is also an editor. Um, but I think he just wanted his name in a book. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't, right? Right. <laughs> well, in all fairness, he got me into comics when I was a kid. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> nice. So, I'm going to kind of change up my next question that I had planned because uh, I was going to ask, you know, if you have more issues planned for redemption. <laughs> But you've already told me you have all 50 issues written. And you said you've been doing this for about a year now. Like, how do you do this? <laughs> so uh, so the writing happened for two years. Uh, in two years' time, we actually wrote 100-plus issues. Um, so there's 50 for this issue. There's 45 written to complete seri the spinoff series. Um, then we have 10 written for the prequel. And then we are, like, five to ten issues into series two of both the spinoff and this one um so yeah there's a hundred plus we have no idea how we wrote that much it was not intent it wasn't intentional um we just kind of got kind of carried away we had no idea we were going to make a comic we just got really obsessed with the story um last month or two months we, we passed the one million word mark you know in our with our characters um so yeah it's it's going to keep going hopefully i mean there's we have five five books for redemption five books for the spinoff salvation so we're probably going to do five books for the prequel because you got to even it out right of um, course yeah of course <laughs> so yeah uh as far as issues are concerned there's there's um the two series twos but we're also working on a crossover uh that's going to because i love crossovers my favorite thing was you know these weird characters in another world or whatever i just watched you know, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in, in Batman's world. So, um, so we're doing an indie crossover with other indie creators, uh, including Lori and Path of the Pet Rider, where uh, my characters are going to jump in and, and start fighting zombies with hers. Uh, Rob Murtari, who has Nightwolf, who also has a campaign live. My character is going to go hunt his character because he's a werewolf. So why wouldn't she? Um, it's kind of going to be like Kingdom Hearts when you jump into each universe and then we're going to have other like background uh easter eggs um from other indie creators too so it's kind of just a fun thing that i'm working on um so hopefully that that i can get that written soon um i write a lot <laughs> <laughs> so your kickstarter that is launching october 3rd but actually by the time you guys are listening to this uh it will be live now so if you haven't already gone to the kickstarter page uh do that and we will tell you more about that here in a little bit but um this is going to be the sixth Kickstarter campaign that you've done this year. How tough is it to maintain such a tight schedule? Um, it's not because we're always ahead. Like I don't start a campaign until I have an issue done. So like issue seven is already done 
and it's already sent to the printer for me to see a live copy. So I'll know that it looks good before my Kickstarter starts. Um, and issue eight, like I said, is already all sketched out. Uh, and it'll be done probably before uh, issue seven starts. Um, but it just, I don't like to make people wait. Like my Kickstarter um, ended, my issue six Kickstarter ended, uh, what is today? <laughs> it's Wednesday? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday at 2 p.m. and I already mailed out 22 packages. Um, what? <laughs> I'm actually upset because um, I'm missing, uh, I thought my sketch goal, I thought I had enough of the prints and I don't. So now I have to wait five days for them to arrive. So I'm mad that I have to wait five days. But my stuff gets out before I even get paid by Kickstarter. Like I just, I want things to get out um, as fast as they can. Uh, especially, uh, you know, the, the new backers that haven't seen it, uh, or read it or anything. And, um, they amazingly bought the whole ketchup tier, which I think is insane. And I appreciate every one of them because that's a lot of money to spend on a, on a comic you don't know about. Um, but I like the faith they have in my series. Uh, so I like to get out those out pretty quickly. Um, all digital, um, rewards were sent the hour it ended, you know, um, so yeah, I'm I'm a very impatient person. So, uh, but I'm really lazy too. So I like someone said, "How good at this?" I'm like, I don't know. My impatientness outweighs my laziness when it comes to this for whatever reason. Um, but they're all like gift wrapped, you know, and they're all uh, put into a, the box and like and and all this stuff. So they're they're somewhat a lot of work. But just for some reason, when it comes to packing these up, I just I love doing it. Like I hate gift wrapping. I hate gift wrapping, but when I wrap these, I don't know what it is. Like I won't even wrap my, my husband's gifts. I don't care. Um, but I wrap these. So <laughs> I don't know where I start, why I started that. Um, but I've been doing it since day one and I might regret it someday when I have 500 backers, but you know, for now, <laughs> you had 115 backers or 112 backers in the last one. So I'm, uh, you know, but I'm hoping I already sent out the print uh, the day before it ended and hopefully I'll get everything out by Saturday and and then start the next one because it's already in pre-launch and by the time this is, it'll be launching and it's only three weeks difference between each one. Um, I think that I, I, I normally hate stress, um, but when my Kickstarter ends and that stress finally dies down, I'm like, now what do I do with my life? So like, I need to get more stress, I guess. I'm actually upset that I'm skipping. I was originally going to start book two, January 23rd. I was like, that's too far. I'll do January 8th. Um, so I skipped Christmas to give everyone a chance to save up again and spend money on Christmas. Um, and then they're hopefully back, uh, to place and book, uh, book one chapter, a book two, chapter one is so awesome i sent it to my editor today and she's like this is the best one yet i was like i know and and i've, I've been so obsessed with book three for so long because it's resident evil you know mm -hmm. it's like the trapped in a city with infested zombies so i've been dying to get to that so bad that i forgot how good you know two was and then i'm like right i'm scripting two and i was like there's zombies and there's giant salamanders and there's ghosts and there's a giant plan and i was like that's just the first two issues so yeah a lot happens and so yeah no, never, never a boring moment. And this, I can guarantee you, you'll never be bored. <laughs> it's chaotic. It's right in the name. Yeah. So as somebody who like has waited like literally months, which feel like decades for a Kickstarter reward, uh, the fact that you have sent out 22, like the day after the Kickstarter ended, you're, you're kind of my hero. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. 
I, I got, it was so funny because I'm in a chat, I'm in a group, Facebook group of, of other indie creators. And they're like, they, they just literally asked me yesterday that after they finish a campaign, they need like months to wind down. And I was like, oh, I get like an hour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they don't know how I do it either. I don't know how I do it. Um, and I came into this completely naive. I remember when I said to my co-writer, let's make a comic book. And I was like, I said those infamous words, how hard can it be? <laughs> the stupidest words I've ever said in my life. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, and again, I had no idea what I was doing. I hired an artist. And then that night, the, the day I decided that I wanted to do it, I hired an artist. And then that night I was going to bed and I'm writing my co-writer. I was like, I don't know how to do a script. <laughs> so you'll figure it out. <laughs> like, okay. Woke up the next day, you know, watched a 20 minute video on how to write a script. Um, I, I wrote, I wrote script one, I handed it to a letter and the letter is like, did you want to see any of the art or did you want all dialogue? And I was like, oh, so magically now I had two issues because I had to spread out everything. Um, so I had two issues in, in no time flat. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think I've converted scripts up to issue 19 so far. So I'm, I'm working on that and, uh, yeah. Oh. Nice. So um uh, so yeah so looking at the kickstarter that recently is ended for issues one through six um you had some fantastic items in the reward tier uh including a 3d printed anubis and plushies of uh, a zombie merman and other characters i believe you're holding a plushie right now um yes i am my, my anubis plushie yeah i have i have all those you just mentioned and if you're going to ask me if they'll be in the next campaign yes Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I actually have a new one. I have two new ones. Um, I don't have the uh, the first one to show you. It, uh, he's in the mail and will arrive uh, probably in three day, Friday. Friday. Um, I have a Hellhound plushie that is coming on its way. Um, and that is Anubis's pet. This is a, my plushie Anubis. He's also for sale. And then we have uh, this new one is the demon from the spinoff. Uh, he just looks really cool. He's not in this series, but he's too cool to not have a plushie. So I had to have a plushie. So I did list that. And I do have um, one of the popular ones is the skeleton bird um, from issue three, which I was surprised is so popular. But I, he's actually one of my favorites. But um, obviously nothing beats my emotional support, Anubis. Um but yeah, and we did have the zombie merman. He is sold out for now. Um, I may get him again. I am not sure. There's still the handmade uh, zombie merman statue. Um, we actually have four uh, Anubis 3D statues. Uh, we have one as a tier. Um, there's one left and it will never be made again. Um, so there's one left in the next one. And then we have three in add-ons. Um, one is a, actually two technically, is a tabletop RPG miniature. It's one inch. And then we have another two uh, that are like about six inches. Um, they're the resin. It's like the solid rock version. Like, it's awesome. Um, we also have metal covers. We have um, a uh, embroidered uh, Anubis, um, very large uh, bookmark. My creator made it. And I was like, that is super cool. I don't think anyone's going to use this as a bookmark, but it is super cool. Um, so there's that. And of course, we have trading cards. We have three handmade statues, the zombie Anubis. Yeah, we have the zombie merman. We have the tall Anubis. And we have the bust of the two characters. Um, and 
trying to think there's I see there's so much that's not listed yet because I would have like a hundred tiers. So like <laughs> I have to even things out. Uh oh, and a gold plated coin, um, which is in a couple of the tiers, and it's also as an add-on. We have magnets, stickers, of course, and buttons. Oh, we have a coloring book of all the variant covers. Um, we have um uh spin-off uh issue one that's just a black and white test that we did. Um Somebody owed me a lot of money, so we made that. <laughs> and um, also, there is <laughs> so you know how uh, a lot of people, a lot of creators, have the topless cover because it sells really well. Um, a Marvel artist drew me one as a gift. Um, however, I am not against topless covers, but there's no nudity in it, and uh, I didn't want to use it as a um, you know uh, how to say bait and switch kind of thing. But um, there is, I think, four of them left from, I had it as a secret add-on cover. Um, he is a Marvel artist, Rich Prada, who worked on New Mutants, Deadpool, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and um, ah, there's more. You can look him up, he's on the Marvel website. Anyway, he drew it, um, and it's the Topless Vampire. And I had 10 available, so I think we have four left. But I, it's not listed on my page at all. Like, there's no pictures of it. You'd have to go to add-ons to find it. So, uh, of course, some found it. <laughs> I wasn't Like sure. a beacon. <laughs> like a beacon, yeah. So some found it. Um, but it's not listed on the site at all. So once this, those four are gone, I'm not going to get any more. But um, I have nothing against topless covers. I just, I want the story to sell it and, you know, um, and not do a whole, you know, there's nudity on the cover, but none of the story. Um, and it's so funny because that was one of the things that I get asked at, at cons. They're like, what's the rating of this book for my kid? And I was like, there's a lot of swearing and there's a lot of gore. Is there nudity? Uh, no. Then they're fine. I was like, okay. So that's all they care about. Right. So, there are six-year-olds reading this, you know, cursing, bloody book, but there's no nudity. So, which is funny because if you think about it, nudity is kind of the most natural thing. So it should really be the other way around. But no. Yeah. No. Yeah. You'd think, but. Yeah, you'd think. But... Yeah. So, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Uh, how did you get your st uh, start in comics? Um, I jumped into it like a complete moron. So there's that. Um, my very first uh, buying of the comic was when I was a kid in the '90s uh, or a teen, um, older than I look. Um, but Ghost Rider, I watched, I would read Ghost Rider. I got, I think I started like issue eight or something. And so I bought like the hardcover graphic. I still have them by the way. They're, they're over there. Um, so Ghost Rider was my favorite and Batman and Nightwing and, and those were about it. But I kind of stopped like, you know, after the nineties, I think, uh, either they got too expensive. Uh, to be honest, I can't remember. However, I do know there was one point where, and I love crossovers, as I said, I think it crossed over like 40 titles and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, so I kind of gave up. It wasn't the first crossover, which was Midnight Suns for anyone that watched Red Ghost Rider. It was the second one after that, which is like, it crossed over like a ton. I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, so I haven't read any since then. So I have not read anything. And then um, when I, uh, when we realized we had 11 or 10 novels written and I was like, well, you can't really publish them. I was like, I'll just print them for us for fun. And I was looking for an artist to draw a cover for us. And I said to my co-writer, these are kind of cartoony. I was like, do you want realistic or do you want cartoony? She's like, cartoony is fine. And like this light bulb goes off. And I'm like, well, if you don't mind cartoony, funny story. Let's do a comic <laughs> book. You know, how hard can it be? Um, 
like $40,000 later, we have seven issues. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a very expensive endeavor. Um, but the most probably rewarding thing I've ever done, I've started my own business. So, um, so that's kind of sad, but, <laughs> but I enjoy this um, immensely. And I last, the last Kickstarter, I was uh, putting things together. I was just thinking how much I enjoy it. Like, I didn't think that I would. I started it as kind of like, I just wanted to see my characters on the page, you know, and I wasn't rich enough to do it on my own. Um, but now it's kind of like, I love that people are reading it and love the story. Um, I have people, you know, talking about, you know, what's the next thing that's going to happen or, or, you know, they love the action sequences, which it's all action. So I love the, you know, all that. Uh, they like the dialogue, which is nice. Um I was told, you know, dialogue is the hardest thing. And they said, how do you write it? And I was like, I just write it. Like, I have no thought process whatsoever. I think it's a little bit different because we wrote it in like a novel form. Mm -hmm. you know, And you don't have to worry about the little, you know, circle and how much fits in there. You just write like a nut and then torture yourself later when you try to shorten it. Um, so I think that's why the the dialogue is so much more natural, you know, because you just you just have this cool way of uh, of talking. So um, but yeah, I just I just jumped into it. And then now here I am year later with uh, seven issues done. So, yeah. So might have a little fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you mentioned earlier, uh, you're also dyslexic. Do you mind telling, uh, talking to, about like some of the challenge that you overcame when you started like writing and started this whole journey? Yeah. So I started writing for fun about 17 years ago. Um right after watching uh the movie stay alive um it wasn't because i was writing about stay alive i just discovered myspace and role playing so i started writing but since i was dyslexic um i couldn't really write a lot so i would do like one liners um which as a role player which now i can't even fathom doing one line <laughs> no i can't even like i can't even explain to you what i said did i say i walked through the door i don't know i have to go look up i have my old writings i have to look that up um but i started as a one-liner i was role-playing as claire redfield from resident evil and i role-played her for 15 years um but i started as a one-liner i progressed to like 300 words then i did like 500 and then i actually got to a thousand words and i thought this is the best i'm ever gonna do and now i do like six thousand words in one sitting so um, I think I've gotten a little better. Um, I think the major challenge has gotten way better since Google. Um, so the funny story is I had these huge giant words that I don't even know where I learned in my head. I know what they, you know, what they are. I know what they mean. I don't know how to spell them or say them most of the time. Um, so when I was a kid, I had this uh, spell checker, did not get any of the words, <laughs> nothing. Um, so that was useless. Uh, thanks, mom, for trying. Um, so I used to have to dumb down my own writing because I'd like, I, I've had the source in my head. So I could be like, all right, I can't use this word, but how can I dumb it down? So now I don't have, I could dumb it down and then look, Google the word. So like, I can get like the other word I was looking for. Uh, if I can pronounce it, which is like 10% of the time, my phone will help me to do it. Well, I'll be like, how do you spell this? And if it's one of those stupid words where I should know how to spell it, it's a small word, I, it, then I can use that my phone too. Um, but that, that would be the hardest thing. Um, so I've gotten better now that I don't have to dumb down in my writing as much. Um, of course, you don't get to see any of that cool thing because it's only dialogue. But um, that that helped me a lot. And I think that actually helped give gave me more confidence too and being able to write what I actually write. Um, 
No. One of the worst things, the worst trait on dyslexia is that I switch the the can and can't. So like I'll say I can't do something when I can or I can do something when I can, which is the worst thing to get wrong. Oh, like, oh no. I can, pick you up at the airport no I, I couldn't but now you're there and now I don't know what to do. so I have to be very very careful and if anyone notices uh Kemiel which is the uh the guardian angel he does not speak in in um front and, and all that fun stuff but um so far I haven't blown anything up so it's worked out pretty good now that I said that we'll see how that goes <laughs> uh so who are some of your inspirations when it comes to writing James Obar from The Crow. I absolutely love him. Um, when I started to write the script that I had no idea how to write, I pulled out my graphic novel from 1993. Um, and I just, I, I used to draw from it, sketch from it. I absolutely loved um, The Crow. Uh, and I finally met him uh, two months ago at a con. I was so excited. And um, I didn't know he signed things for free. I was like, I would have brought like 20 things. Um, but he signs he signs his own thing for free, and I and I I gave him the uh, the graphic novel. I was like, I've been waiting thirty years for this because it's from nineteen ninety three. And he goes, Oh, I'm so glad I didn't die on you. I was like, Me too. <laughs> like I was like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say to that. Um, but if I can commission a cover, it would be from him. Um, I wish I had asked him then, but I didn't think to. And now, like I I can't get a hold of him, and and so I don't know if he'll ever do a commission. But that's who I would love to commission more than anything and in case you didn't know draven is eric draven he, i use the last name of his character in the crow so yes i did <laughs> so, yeah. and that that is phenomenal that you got a chance to meet him too that's love it awesome <laughs> and and i'm sure he never read it but um so i gave him two issue ones of mine to sign which you have to pay for those so i handed him two of them and he signed one and he handed it back and he goes is this for me and i was like Yes. Like it was like so he took one. So I don't know if he'll ever read it, but in my mind he read it and that makes me so happy. So there's that. Someone said usually they get bored enough to read them, so I'm like, oh maybe he read it. <laughs> uh so what advice do you have for anyone who wants to break into comics? Um one, uh there's a couple of things I would say. If you're just starting out, write it ahead of time. Know your ending, know the whole plot. You can be like a you know, a real writer and, and like outline it. I don't do that. Um, but you know, if you can at least write it out after you write it out, have at least three scripts written because that way you don't have to stall or, or delay or have a, you know, writer's block. Um, and I will say when it comes to finding an artist, I'm going to give you the number one tip that I wish someone gave me. Um, do not ask for a character design from an artist ever. You have to tell them how to do the character anyway, no matter what. Give them a page of your script, and that way you could see how he writes your draws your character. You could see the sequential art because I paid thousands of dollars to get all these character designs. Where when I finally realized, just do a page, I found an artist in like one day because they'd have like the character design, and they charge you more for a character design. I don't know why. Like you have to come up with the design when you're writing the page. I don't get it, but um, but yeah, that was the that was the best thing. And the other thing is. For the love of all, don't do it for the money. <laughs> do it because you're incredibly passionately obsessed with your story. Um, that is the only way to go. Um, I don't care about profit. I just want to be able to pay my artist so it doesn't go away. <laughs> That's all I care about. Um, but yeah, it has to be a passionate thing because it's it's a lot of work. 
Um, it's very heartbreaking and it's exhausting. Um, and I don't drink caffeine and I wish I did, but as you can hear, I probably would think it's probably a good thing. I don't, I'd probably be even more annoying than I, than I am now. Um, but yeah, so just passion is the number one thing. Make sure you're obsessed with it. Not just, just, not just, you know, loving it. You have to like be like, I always say I'm addicted to the obsession. Like I'm just all the time, like, you know, breathe it, talk it, you know, dream it. I have dreams about it all the time. Um, so yeah, be passionate. <laughs> Awesome. Love that advice. Love yeah. it. Yeah. So con season is winding down, but do you have any plans for to go to any cons either the rest of this year or looking into next year? Um, so I am not a fan of cons. Oh, oh, let me rephrase it. I love going to them. I hate having a table at them. I had 10 this year because you have to buy them all ahead of time. Like my comic wasn't even done when I bought them. Um, I was miserable at almost all of them. Mostly because one, I want to go look at everything and I can't. I'm stuck behind the table. <laughs> Two, I'm a very loud Italian person and I still like, I don't have the ability to call them over. You know, once they're at my table, I can talk them into buying it. I had a lot of people buy it, but getting them to the table, like I just, you know, I thought about tripping them, but I just don't, I feel bad like calling them over and, and, uh, and all that. So I did not enjoy it. I enjoyed talking to fans that knew me that they came um so the only one i truly loved was nashville so i'm i'm gonna definitely do nashville um everyone loved that i was local everyone loved um that uh it was just the right amount of people there to make it worth going like i i think i made back like three times my table uh, or, or a little more than you know almost to three times my table um but when i go to like these bigger cons like First, it's too loud. And again, I'm an Italian. So for me to say I'm not loud enough is something that's, not, you know, something's there. Um, but like Lexington, it was an amazing con that I hoped to go to. It was so loud, like so loud. They couldn't even hear me. I couldn't, you know, get my thoughts across or, or pitch my own story. Um, so that was exhausting. Um, and I think I did like one or two other like local ones. Like one day, I love one day cons. Like love them. Like I will do one day cons up the wazoo. I just love those. Um, but so far right now, I'm probably going to do one or two small ones in Nashville. Like, I'm like, I keep bugging Nashville, but like, can I get my table? Like, can I have my, like, they're not even up for sale yet. I'm like, can, we, can I just buy my damn table? Um, <laughs> but that was my favorite one. You can hear people were so receptive and it was, they had stars there, but it wasn't like so many that they don't come and look around, you know? So, uh, yeah. So if anyone wants to come see me in Nashville, I will be in the Nashville and it's probably on the, uh, I think it's usually in July and it's at usually June and July and it's on the fairgrounds in Nashville. So sweet. Yeah. Uh, so how can people find you online? Um, worthy chaos galore. Just search that anywhere. <laughs> so if you go to the best way to find me ever, and I'm sure you post links, which is fabulous. Um, but the best way is go to Kickstarter and search Worthy Chaos. We're the only thing that pops up. Uh, you can see all the campaigns. You can click on any of them and they say follow along and you can go to it. We're almost always in pre-launch or live. Like if we're not there, wait like four hours. We'll probably be there. Um, <laughs> this last one, like I felt kind of bad because my, my fans know that I'm going to have another one like in two seconds. However... The last one, it took a few days to, um, they were, I guess they were busy or behind or something on Kickstarter. So it took a little bit longer to uh, <clears throat> accept it into pre-launch. This time I hit it, it was instantaneously. So I was like, okay, everybody, I'm in pre-launch. 
um so and i had literally just ended like an hour before so um yeah they're like didn't we just buy this i was like yeah this one's free just sign up uh so yeah my pre-launch got like almost 50 within 24 hours followers which is nice um so that's good and the last one was pretty good too we funded in like seven hours so it was really good wow yeah. that's awesome yeah so it was very nice um to to do that and I, i'm very lucky that my fans are loyal and and too bad they're all broke because I feel guilty. <laughs> like that's why I gave them like December off. I was like, my fans are super loyal and super broke at the same time. Um, but who isn't at this time? Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was nice of them to still support and and you know those that couldn't support shared out my link, which is very nice and and it was great. Um, and I had people like so <laughs> I'm not used to this. They went and like bought like the and new backers would buy like a whole like uh, the ketchup tier and then they'd go buy like all the past. Uh, variants and everything and i was like damn that's pretty nice um always check add-ons we've got like a hundred of them um we have all the the, the add-ons from back issues and everything like that um you can also find me on twitter x whatever it's called now um it's at worthy underscore chaos and we have like 5.3 thousand followers you can find me on facebook we have a business page which um you can like it we don't do anything with it <laughs> like <laughs> it nice of you uh we'll post things on there from time to time but we started a um facebook group uh worthy chaos redemption you can join the group we have about 700 members now and um we're very uh you know small community creator uh supportive so other creators can post their websites or their kickstarters or artworks for commissions their podcasts whatever they want um so that's nice and then you can find me on uh facebook as carissa grant I have 5,000 followers on there and I am one of those people that would get kidnapped. I talk to anybody. So, um, anyone <laughs> can talk to, me, talk to me. I'm instantly suspicious whenever someone says hi and then I'm fine. Um, <laughs> well, you get those people like, how, how are you? Good. I'm good. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, do you have cash app? Oh, blah. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. I've met really great people in there. Once I get past my suspicion that they talk for more than four seconds without like trying to sell me something. Um, so yeah, and any new creators that need help starting out, I'm the unofficial PR person because I have this creator list of podcasts, which I will add you to. Um, and I have about uh, 120 contacts on there. So I am always helping people start out and I always help to cross promote since I have a Kickstarter every other month. I help everyone cross promote um, and I will help people set up Kickstarters too. So that's so a glutton for punishment. Need more work, I guess. I guess. I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> so one more time, give us the details on uh, Redemption Issue Seven and the Kickstarter. So Issue Seven is a little bit more unique. It's actually the last issue of Book One, and it's going to answer all the questions that people have had through the last um, six issues. And then we give you a hundred more questions because that's what we do. Um, but you get to have the angel and demons fighting each other. You have Anubis and his hellhound chasing down Seraphina and Raven. Um, you have uh, Camille, the um, angel there, to torture them a little bit. Um, we've got fire. We've got all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Supernatural, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, Good Omens, any horror out there, um, you will like this. Anything chaotic, you will like this. <laughs> 
And um, for anyone that likes uh, to find stuff, we have an Easter egg in every issue um, from Resident Evil, from Urban Legends, from like Nightmare on Elm Street, all the classics, 90s movies and stuff. There's one in every issue. So um, whoever could find them all when the hardcover comes out and posts it gets a free 3D uh, Anubis statue. So there's that. Nice, nice. If you weren't already sold on Redemption... <laughs> Getting your hands on a 3D Anubis, I yes. think that just pushed you over the edge. Yeah, Anubis is incredibly popular, and he's awesome. And everyone's like, he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy for anyone that gets upset. He's being controlled by her father with the remote control. They hint at it. They kind of tell you in issue seven. So you don't feel bad about Anubis. He's going to figure it out. <laughs> and he's got a hellhound that he plays fetch with now. So there's that. <laughs> So, all right, uh, Carissa Grant, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, and like we said, the, the Kickstarter, it's it's going to be out now. Um, be sure to back it. It's yeah. It'll be worthy and be, and be chaotic. <laughs> and so. it'll end on Halloween, and we're going to have a Halloween bash party um, and smash a pumpkin <clears throat> because it'll be our one-year anniversary in comics. So um, we're going to celebrate with destroying stuff because what else would you do? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, Chris. I have a good night. That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>